Yeah. Thank you, Lord. You are the light that's shining through us, Lord, when we love each other, Lord God. So we ask you, Lord, to fill us once again with your great love. That love is the strong force, the superpower that holds it all together, Lord. And uh, we thank you for bringing us into that, that eternal loving fellowship of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for making us part of that. And Lord, we ask that you'd extend that through us to each other and out into this world, Jesus, that is hungry for it. We love you. We thank you for this time together. Amen. All right. Go ahead and take a seat. Fine. There's sunshine. If you're, if you're shivering, I will not be offended if you move back into the sun far away from me, but in the sun. All right. So uh, we had a mixer question. Sticking in with something difficult, and you're glad you did it. Uh, I was trying to think of a deep example, but all I came up with was sixth grade uh, band. I was an alto sax player, and uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yes. And uh, I peaked in sixth grade. It was a little while ago. But there was a challenge. The challenge was the chromatic scale. Whoever could do it fastest and without mistakes could move up a chair. You know the chair challenge? You know, that was like when school was real. I don't know if they do that anymore because it hurts people's feelings. But then we had the chair challenge. And uh, man, I had been practicing that thing, and woo, and I had uh, a great um, exhibition of the chromatic scale, and I just hit it. I nailed it, and I got to move up a chair, and you know, I tried to be cool about it, but I was very excited, obviously, because I'm still talking about it, you know, 40-some years later. Yes, I peaked in sixth grade. Um, so, but the true master of persistence the expert of endurance, the champion of follow-through, the sovereign over sticking to it and never letting go, the king of kings and lord of lords of being faithful and true. Um, He's the one that stays faithful to you. He sticks in with you. He stays with you. He endures with you. Even when we are faithless even when we are fickle, even when we wander, right? He shows us what genuine love is, genuinely committed, uh, unbreakable, uh, always ready to receive you back kind of love is. Now, when Jesus, who is that love in flesh and blood, man, you are forever changed. In fact, you become a new creation. God ignites his life within you. He draws you into the thing that he's doing in the world, which is bringing this new creation out. When you say yes to the covenant of grace that Jesus bought with his blood for you, then I am convinced, I'm convinced because it's in Romans chapter 8, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor things present, nor things to come, no height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, nothing will be able to separate you from that love, from the love of God. Now, you can walk away from it. He'll let you walk away like that prodigal son, but he will not walk away from you. He'll wait. He'll wait till you come to your senses, till I come to my right mind and turn back the loving arms of God. This is the love of God. 
You're, you've let that in. Uh, if you haven't, Jesus is there. He's knocking. He's knocking today. You just open the door. But if you're in that already, you're part of God's new creation. It has begun already. It's begun in you. So let's ask, what is the goal of God's new creation? What's he doing? What's he up to? Well, Ephesians 1, 9 through 10 gives it really clearly. Here it is. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ. It's been revealed. Which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. Listen, this is what God is doing in the world. This is what God has brought you into when he extended his love to you. At the right time, he will bring, this future point, he will bring everything together. Everything that's separated, everything together under the authority of Christ. The rule and reign of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. Because here's the situation. Sin has pulled us apart. Sin has pulled us apart from God. It's separated from us. We, we have a separation uh, in heaven and on earth right now. But God in Christ is putting this thing back together. He is, number one, reconciling, unifying. It looks like this. God's reconciling and unifying people to himself. You to himself. You to himself. Another person to himself. And as he reconciles us to himself, we are joined together. He's reconciling us to each other. In this, it's simultaneously happening there. Listen to 2.15 from Ephesians. His purpose, Jesus' purpose, his goal through his sacrifice by coming to earth, his goal was to create in himself one new humanity. And here he's specifically talking about Jew and Gentile, two separated groups, Jews and everybody else. He's bringing us all together in Christ. His goal is to create himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. Peace between us and God, peace between you and me, peace between people who are very diverse and different. Making peace. And in one body the body of Christ, the church, to reconcile both of them, all of them, all of us to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility, our hostility. Our hostility has no place if we've come to the cross. This is what he did. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who are near. For through him we both now, Jew, Gentile, all nations, tribes, cultures, have access to the Father, one Father, one family, by one Spirit. What's the goal for God's new creation? We, he just gave it to us. First fill in. It's an extended, loving, multi-ethnic, unified family. Jesus' table is long. Jesus' tent is broad. It's huge. He's bringing all kinds of people into his family, uniting us in Christ. All kinds of people, even people like me, even people like Alec and Mike, Marisa, 
Even the other Wayne. Even us, people like us. Jesus is unifying us to each other. This is what God is doing in the world right now. We're part of this. Now, God's brilliant, understatement. When God came in the flesh, when God came in the flesh in Jesus, uh, within what empire did he come? I mean, this is like, are you awake time? What was the big empire? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there it is. All right. Here it is. Here's a map. It's in yellow. It's broad. It's extended. This is, this is really good timing by God. It's almost like he planned this thing out. The Roman Empire was the first and largest ever transnational, trans-ethnic empire. Now, it was forged in blood and sword and, and it was in ugliness, but that's what it was. And it extended citizenship to a wide range of people on three different continents. In Europe, in Africa, in Asia. It had a shared language. Latin was like the official language. Then Greek was the common everyday language. And it was connected to this elaborate, safe, relatively safe network of roads. All right, so this was the setting. This was the context. And where, when the time was right, did Jesus come in the flesh? Where specifically within that empire? Yeah, Israel, Judea. Yes. All right, now look at that on the map. There's a little, uh, that's green. Green arrow pointed Judea. If you notice, now go back to like social studies, maybe middle school. It's the center point of the Fertile Crescent, right? The cradle of civilization. It's the linking spot between Africa, Asia, and Europe. Oh, this is great. This is really smart thinking. Wow, this thing has a chance. And then, okay, in that context, what was the sign that God gave that he displayed when the Holy Spirit, that unifying spirit of God, the powerful presence of God, went into those Jews in Jerusalem? What was the sign? What did they do? What did the Holy Spirit enable them to do? Yeah, speak languages that they didn't know. All kinds of different languages from all over this empire. Look at this next screen. From Rome and Asia and Phrygia and Pontus and Cappadocia and Parthia and Media. They were singing and saying the praises of God in languages that they didn't know. What is God showing us? That he is unifying all people together in Christ, under his good rule and reign, through the blood of Christ, through his loving sacrifice. What brings us together? What has the power, the strength to keep us together? People are very different, very different political backgrounds, ethnic, social, everything backgrounds. What can do that? The love of Christ. Love. Isn't that crazy? The love of God, that eternal love of God between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit has broken out into this to him first and foremost, and then as we come together to him, to one another. Those first followers filled with the love of God, the powerful presence of God, were compelled by the love of Christ to go urge people, be reconciled to God. The time has come. This is the age of God's grace and his favor. Come in. Say yes. Receive it before the door is shut. This is the time. And then 
with the same Spirit of God in them, compelled by his love, they began to learn to love each other, to share the table together, to overcome their differences, to work through it, to stick in, to stay in. So, you're part of this. You've been brought in. God's love chased you down, and now you're in. So now what? So now, question, how do we, the new humanity, united by the love of Christ, united by our union to God, filled with the Holy Spirit, how do we now grow in unity? I'm sorry, grow in love and unity. How do we do that? Because there's more for us, because we're not quite there yet, right? We still have our differences, which is great. He's not trying to make some us into one kind of person, one flavor. No, he wants all that diversity to be united by his love, together in love. That's what he's going after. Unity, diversity, together. So how do we do that? How do we work on that? What, what do we do? What's our part? Well, right after Pentecost, right, right after Pentecost, Jesus, or Peter proclaims the message about Jesus. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And 3,000 of them said, yes. I need that. I want that. Yes. And they were baptized. And they came in. And this was the birth of the church. This global, multi-ethnic, diverse, crazy, wildly variated body all over the world right now. This is the birth of it. And this is what they did from the get-go. And this is what the church, wherever you find it, wherever you are in the world, is doing. Started back then, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. This is what they did. They devoted themselves. That's a stick-to-it word, isn't it? They devoted themselves. They uh, persistently, regularly attached themselves to these things. They devoted themselves to, and then as I go through this, maybe circle on your bulletin. If you're one of those guys, that's what I do. All right. Devote themselves what? To number one, the apostles' teaching. And to fellowship. And to the breaking of bread. And to prayer. And then this was ha- this is what happened with that. Those are the big practices. Then everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles, by the, Spirit of the, Holy, by the power of the Holy Spirit. All the believers were together. You're going to hear that repeated word, together. All of them were together and had everything in common. Wait, wait, what does that mean? Well, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. This fellowship was alive. This was was cooking this thing. They broke bread in their homes. It's a way of saying they ate together. Oh, and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let's go through this. This, if you want to grow in love and unity with others in the body of Christ, this is what we do. Number one, devotion to the apostles' teaching. The apostles, wait. They're not here anymore. All right? They're with Christ in heaven. Where, what do we do? Where do we go? We need the apostles' teaching. What do we do? What do we look for? Help. The Bible, yes, yes. The New Testament is that collection of writings from the apostles, those who witnessed and walked with Jesus. 
All right, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching because they wanted to know Jesus better. That's the mechanism, the vehicle that God has given us to know God better. Sunday mornings, this is our major diet, the New Testament, right, which fulfills the Old Testament. So we dip in there. It gives us context, helps us appreciate the New Testament. But this is the word that we're, we're drawn in together. This is New Testament means new covenant. That's the covenant we're under. That's what we're part of in Jesus. Wednesday nights or maybe your Bible study, you know, we come together. We read the apostles' teaching together. And we listen. And we learn. And it draws us closer to God. Draws us closer to God. As we draw in closer to God, as we discuss these things, we're drawn closer to each other. That's the way it works. All right, devotion to the apostles' teaching. They did that. They stuck to it. They devoted themselves to it. And what else? Well, next, the fellowship. Fellowship, just close relationships with each other. They devoted themselves to that, which means it takes some effort, right? Takes some persistence, some stick to it. And God loves it when we love each other. So when we love each other, it draws us closer to God. And as we draw closer to God, it draws us closer to each other. Had a little snapshot of this. Uh, so they're not here today, but Jared and Sarah our own Jared and Sarah, who met at OTC, they got married on Friday. Yeah, woo! Maybe they're there. If you're there, yeah, we love you, we miss you. All right. They're so great. We love these people. And wow, it was such a joy. It was a little tiny wedding because, you know, COVID and all that stuff. But it was a tiny little wedding, but it was so fun. It was such a great group of people, and we were all so happy that seven years later, they got married. It took them a little while. Just, you know, they took their time. But there was this little picture of the kids who were at the wedding also after we had this playtime, and they were playing, um, what's that? It's not smash ball, but spike ball. Thank you, Trey. Trey was there. And parents were sitting back and watching the kids play. And they are having so much fun. They were getting along. And that's like the thing that parents love so much. Like when you see your kids playing with other kids and just enjoying themselves, there's so much joy in that. And that is exactly how God feels when he looks back, looks at us, and we're enjoying each other. We're playing with each other. We're talking to each other. We're supporting each other. We're encouraging each other. We're fellowshipping together. God is blessed by that. We're blessed by that. That's what we're made for. That's where God is moving history forward to this point where we will experience that, the fullness of that fellowship with God and each other, no longer spoiled by sin or greediness or selfishness or impure thoughts. All that stuff's going to be taken out. We're just going to have the good stuff left. It's going to be sweet. It's going to be fun. We get little glimpses of it this side of heaven. Fellowship, they devoted themselves to that. So we devote ourselves to that to grow in love and unity with God and with each other. The other thing we do is we break bread. Number three, breaking of bread. Now, first image that comes to mind is Jesus breaking bread with his disciples after his resurrection. That's the same word used and so forth. So we know it means communion. And then later he's going to talk about breaking bread in their homes, eating together. So both those things. But the church, from the very beginning, on Sundays, gathered and took communion, what we call communion, which is a great word for it. Communing with God, communing with each other, through the body and blood of Christ, which is what unites us. His sacrifice that cleanses us of our sins so we can be reconciled to God, 
and fills us with the Holy Spirit so that we can be united to God and each other. So we're going to do that in a little bit. We'll actually not talk about it, we'll do it. All right, number three. Number four, pray. Talking to and listening to God together. Together. You see this all through the early church of the life, uh, early church life. The body coming together, praying together. We do it here. We do it here on Sundays. Man, get some prayer together. If you've never done that, receive prayer from others. Join in if you like. Join us on Tuesdays, 2 p.m. Pray with us. Do it in small group. Do it anywhere. You know, call somebody up. Pray with others. And then when you pray on your own, you're praying, you're praying for somebody, that's connecting you with them, even though they don't know it. It's connecting you with God and with others. This is how God builds unity and love between us and with him. Prayer, that's another one. Let's keep it that consistently. That's what they did. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're drawn into. This is what the Holy Spirit in you and the word of God that we read will draw you into these things. Next thing is sharing with each other. You saw that? They shared with each other. They took care of each other. They shared with each other materially, financially. They looked after each other. They helped each other. They stepped in. They served each other. Like this is, if you're a regular OTCer, you are regularly serving one another. You're, you're extending yourself. You're not just receiving your blessing. That's the life of the church, the church that's alive. And they kept at it regularly, consistently sharing with each other. And number six, they praised God together. They expressed their joy and thanks to God together. They brought their heart to God together. We've been doing that. We do it in song. We do it in our words spoken. And that draws us close to God, draws us close to each other. And then they did all these things. And then what did it say happened? God added to their number daily. This thing was alive. God blessed it and multiplied it. It was filled with his life. God added to their number because, man, if you're outside of this thing, I remember, well, if you're outside of this thing and you don't have this, when you see it, when you see the genuine church loving each other and loving God when it's real, when the Spirit of God is present, man, that is, you're like, that, that's not what I thought Christianity was. I'll take me a spoonful of that and maybe more. Right? God added to their number daily, and God did signs and wonders, the Holy Spirit breaking out, healing people, blessing people. All right. So those, we, I gave you the six practices there. What's an area, which one of those are like God saying, hey, come on, man, lean in on this. There's more for you. Get some more of that. Get some more of that prayer. Get some more of that apostles teaching. Get some more of that fellowship. Where are you outside? Where are you disconnected? Where are you not participating in the life of the church, which is the body of Christ, which is connected to the life of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit? A little challenge for you. This week, lean in. One thing. One thing on that list. You say, all right, this week, boom, I'm going to lean into that a little bit more this week. Grow in unity and love with God and others. All right, now let's think back on that communion thing for a minute because I want to capture this prayer, which is just stunning. It's uh, Jesus. Uh, you know, we have the, the upper room. This is, before Jesus, the night, this is on the night before Jesus is arrested, tried, crucified. All right, the night of the Last Supper. And we have this extended teaching that Jesus gave his disciples. We find it in John 13 through 17. It's awesome. Read it. 
spend some time in it. Wow. All right, so Jesus, during that time, he prayed for his 11 disciples. Jesus had gone out into the night, um, and so he's just the 11, and Jesus prays for them, and then he extends that prayer out, looking way out in the future to you and me. He prays for us. This is like, I call it the boost. This is the boost. Like Rocket League or, I don't really play Rocket League. Levi does, so I wanted to say that one. Just to, just to stay with the, the kids, you know. I'm more like Mario Kart. Mario Kart's got the boost. You push the boost. You know what I'm saying. All right. This is the Jesus boost. Jesus has turned up the boost for fellowship, for loving God, for loving each other, really focusing on our relationships with each other. Listen to what he God, within the Trinity, is praying and talking to the Father about. All right, a little peek into the life of God, this triune God. Listen to his prayer. He's speaking to the Father. Jesus is speaking to the Father. The eternal Son speaking to the eternal Father. Wow, this is crazy stuff here. My prayer is not for them alone, those 11. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, through the apostles' message, through the apostles' teachings. That's us. I'm praying that all of them, all of us, this is for you and me, listen up, all of them may be one, may be one, Father. What kind of one? Just as you, Father, Jesus is saying, are in me and I am in you. You got that? The union that is eternally lived out in the Trinity between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's the kind of oneness that Jesus wants us to come into, grow into, and experience and enjoy because it's awesome. That's why he created us. He's like, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are like, we're going to blow this thing out. We're going to make some image bearers, and we're going to draw them into this eternal relationship. May they also be in us, you and me. May we be in the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit's there, so that the world those who are outside of that may believe, may believe and see that you, Father, have sent me. They'll realize I'm the God-sent one. I have given them the glory that you gave me. We'll unpack that in a minute. I have given them the glory that you gave me, Father, that they may be one as we are one. Here we go. I in them, Jesus in you and me, and you, Father, in me. You got this? We're, we're being pulled into the Trinity here. So then the world will know. Then they'll see that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. The glory that the Father gave the Son. Listen, the glory that the Father gave the Son is that the Son displays the Father. Remember Jesus saying, if you've seen me, Philip, you've seen the Father. To see Jesus in the flesh was to see the Father. Jesus is God in the flesh. Now, similarly, when we love each other, when we grow in unity and love together, we display God. We glorify him, display who he is. People see something of God when we love each other well especially when very different people who might not normally get along come together and love each other well, sacrifice for one another, serve each other, look after each other, ask forgiveness from one another, forgive each other. 
are kind and patient with one another. You don't see that in the world. When people see that in us, they're going to get a glimpse of the love between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're going to get a, a glimpse of God. That's wild, I know. That's what Jesus wants, that Jesus died for. That's what Jesus came for. That's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. When he calls you into loving your brother or sister, the one he's purchased, he's calling you to display him to the world. All right, so how do we do this? We're going to zoom in a little bit more. How do we come into and enjoy that kind of united love, that kind of fellowship? Well, if you want more of that, you might not want more of that. You're like, yeah, I'm pretty good how I am. This is all right. I'm comfortable. So we're just like scratching the surface here. The oneness that's in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, wow. We're called into that love, that enjoyment, that fellowship. If you want more of that, maybe just you're like, oh, I'll take a little bit. I don't know if I want too much. Or if you want gobs of it, this is how we come into it. Here are three things that will help you. Number one, number one, you heard it already. Commit to stick in. Commit to stick in and work it out with your brothers and sisters. Commit. Don't think, ah, oh, this is a throwaway relationship. Ah, I can do it without this one. No, man, that's a brother or sister in Christ. That's the bride of Christ. You, there's no throwaway relationships in the body of Christ. In the church, there's no throwaway relationships. The world throws away relationships. We do not. Because we're going to be with it in eternity together, and we're going to enjoy each other there, because we're not going to have the things that divide us now. All right? The things inside us, things inside that other person. Number one, this is, this is the big one, really. Commit to stick in and work it out. Again, we can turn away from him, but he's not going to turn away from us. God wants us to love like that. He wants you to receive that love, experience it, and begin to love like that. Our Father doesn't let us toss each other aside. We've got to work it out. And... Number two, when you're feeling some disunity with somebody, some friction, some static in the relationship, what do you do? Go tell somebody else, right, how much that person's bothering you. No, Wayne, that's not right. When feeling disunity, go directly to the person. Go work it out with them. Go speak to them. Honor them by going to talk to them about it. And go in humility because you might have it wrong. And go with number three. Go in a way of being quick to listen and slow to speak. Oh, that's tough. That's tough, especially when emotions are riled up. Slow to speak. Quick to listen, to hear, to understand, to see it together, to understand what the person's going through. A little empathy. Instead, this is an image from Anne. Instead of a tug of war with the person, who's going to win, who's right? Stand next to the person. And I'm going to add a third. With Jesus. And let him show you what's up. Let him show you. Not to prove the other right, but to understand each other. And to come in. Ask forgiveness when you need to. 
Receive forgiveness when you need to. That's the way in. Let's do it that week, this week. There'll be an opportunity for you to do one of those things this week. I want to uh, now call up uh, Wes and Ann Cooley. Surprise. Come on up, Wes and Ann Cooley. And the reason, there's many reasons to just bring them up once in a while. But as I was going through this message, I'm thinking, who epitomizes this more than anyone I know at OTC? And part of this is the longevity. Like Wes and Ann have been with it from the beginning, sticking in and working it out. Not always, but often being slow to speak, quick to listen, right? And when there's this unity going to each other. So 10 years ago, before OTC started, before we came back, we talked to these guys. I talked to them. I said, hey, you want to start a church? And they said, yes. Stick in it, people. Stick with it, people. Hey, would you just, if, would you just raise your hand if you, if you know these guys, if you've been blessed by them in some way or another? I mean, come on. And if you haven't, that's only because you haven't met them yet. And that's weird because, you know, Anne's all around. Thank you, guys. I mean, this is like, um, I just remember talking to you 10 years ago. And here we are. It's wild. You stuck in. And especially this year with COVID and just sticking in. But I don't know. Maybe this was an easier year in some ways. Yeah, nowhere to go. We're stuck with each other. Um, and we're, we're going to know each other for eternity. It was great seeing our kids play together yesterday. And we were throwing the Frisbee. Yeah. Wes, two old men throwing the Frisbee at each other, running. <laughs> we didn't break anything. <laughs> Your pants ripped. Okay. Um, join me in praying for these two. Lord, we thank you for Wes and Ann, Jesus. I just thank you for the love that you've extended to me through them and to many people through them. They're not love hoarders. They, they, they receive it from you and they give it out. Sometimes they give it out before they get it in and then they're like, why are we so tired? And then they connect with you, they get filled up again. Thank you for these two. They're, they're a blessing. We love them. We ask that you would um, refresh them this summer. Just give them moments of uh, being able to let you pour into them. Bless these two. Protect them. Thank you for their family. Thank you for their friendship, Jesus. Amen. And to help you with your refreshing, there's a little, little package in there. Uh, but you got to use it to, you know, maybe just two of you. Think about what you want to bring the kids in. Yeah. Yeah. We love you guys. Thank you. Yeah. All right, let's put a bow on it. Let's do it with communion. Communion is that practice we've been doing from the beginning. Ah, they had no idea. I love it. And this really gives us the clearest picture of God's love for us that we are to then extend to others. So on the night before Jesus went to the cross, laid it down for you and me, he was with his disciples, his friends, and 
He took the bread. It was bigger than this, but he took the bread. And he gave thanks for it. And he broke it. And he gave it to them. And he said, listen to this. Jesus, God in the flesh, saying, take and eat. This is my body. Let's receive that loving sacrifice from God. And then Jesus took the cup, gave thanks, offered it to them, and said, listen, drink from it. All of you. He's offering himself to you. Drink from it, all of you. This symbolizes my blood. This is my blood of the covenant. My solemn, unbreakable commitment to you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out. He poured it out for the forgiveness of your sins. All the things that you've done that separate you from others and separated you from God. Forgiven because his blood was sacrificed for you. Now, Receive it. This is love, not that we loved you, God, but that you loved us and sent your Son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. We thank you, Jesus, for voluntarily willingly laying it down for us to unite us back to God so that now in this love of God we have nothing to fear we know nothing can separate us from your love there's nothing more powerful than your love we thank you for bringing bringing us in Lord God we thank you for resurrecting us spiritually even though outwardly we are falling apart Inwardly, we are being renewed by God's Spirit. We thank you, Lord. We know that we're going to be with you forever. We're going to be with all of God's redeemed people in that new heaven and earth. We thank you for where you're taking this, Lord. Thank you for inviting us into it, making us part of it. It costs you a lot. We thank you, Jesus. We love you. We thank you for this time together. And now we look forward to praising you in song. Amen. Yeah. Love you guys. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it.